Welcome to this week's edition of For the Love of the Frame. My name's Tim. Sitting to my left, in the flesh, Mr. Hans Gruber. Yeah. <laughs> was that one from your boys or was that... Uh... It's just who you are. I mean, I guess that's just what they say. We've been so... holding on to this secret for yeah. almost two years on this podcast. Yeah, we... I mean, you don't see what happens to him. Uh, obviously, you yeah. made it through. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> now he's a very successful podcaster. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Exceedingly. From- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you think I have the money to podcast for a living yeah. <laughs> on a very unsuccessful podcast? I feel very unburdened now that the secret yeah. is out. <laughs> Love your work, Hans. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> also, with this is the man who likes to call people booby or bubby. <laughs> bubby. 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 <laughs> yes. Sorry, I botched that line. <laughs> Bobby, Bubby. We'll fix it in post. That guy is one of the all-time just I want to punch him in the face characters. <laughs> like, if there's a Hall of Fame yeah. for that kind of movie character, I even... Wait, yeah, who was that again? Uh, the, like the Wall Street... I know it's not Wall Street, but oh, the... What's Bobby, his, what's or Bobby, yeah. Alice? Uh, Alice. Yeah, Alice. yeah, yeah. yeah that, that guy's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> but see? He's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. He's pouring his Coke, and I'm just like, yeah. oh, man. I love how it just keeps winking at him like, oh, yeah. God, like how excited he is about getting a Coke too. It's like, what do you, well, I, I think the subtext is he asked for Coke. Right. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. The, that makes the sense. Germans, maybe mm. not, you know, a little, little language or mm-hmm. a little, you know, yeah. cultural confusion brought him the soda. With you no know, ice. With no ice. Nice. Yeah. The way it should yeah. be. <laughs> mm. I don't want to be awkward, That's but, but Hans does shoot Ellis. And yeah. So well. I need a, no shooting Aaron during this podcast guarantee. Yeah. I mean, as long as you guys don't do anything that uh, that deserves shooting, then uh, just, we should be fine. Just find some carpet, make fists with your toes. Yeah. Fists that with is your the, toes. My, my younger son wanted me to introduce Ian with making fists with your toes. Yeah. I thought That's you a might pretty do good that, one. But it's, I thought it was too obscure. Like I've seen mm. Die Hard 400 times and I forget that part every yeah. single time. When, I and I'm too. like confused all over again. <laughs> like who does that on a plane? Who needs to do that after a plane? Who does that to de-stress? Like... I don't understand it's the most how that random make, detail yeah. in the movie. Well, I don't understand how that would make being on the plane better. I, right. Because it's like, yeah, maybe afterwards, but that wouldn't make flying better. <laughs> and it's Unless right. it's just like in your head, like, oh, I know yeah, I'm going to be able to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one thing if it's just like a later. weird detail in the movie, but they take the effort to call it back <laughs> right. to it at the very end. So it's clearly there. I don't some get it. kind of meaning, and I think I'm just dumb and not getting yeah, it every yeah. time. And I just is well, it? Oh, go ahead. What I was gonna say is that is it just that's why he has his feet off or his shoes off? So he's in. But he was his changing. Feet. I, oh well. Wait, like is that, that, is, that is, that's is like the plot. Okay. That is why he has his shoes off. But like he could have <laughs> just been changing. Yeah. You, don't, you yeah. don't need like they're like oh man how are we gonna get <laughs> his shoes off? It really felt like they were like oh. This is expert storytelling right here. Where you're going to set this up early on in the movie and then he's not going to have his shoes on. Like, it's totally, it's totally believable that a guy after a long flight 
goes straight to this office party that he would want to change. Like, you don't need to give me a, right. an explanation Yeah, he could have just like, been wearing, like, sneakers or something. Right. And then, yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, it's a fancier party. I'm going to change this. Nice. <laughs> yeah. She's like, some, like, yeah, it's really, it's, it's not that hard. I and love it, that. It's funny because what you say is how I always feel about it, where it's like, it's such a strange detail. Uh-huh. And I, I'm the same way. I forget it every time. Right. I'm always, so I'm like, <laughs> how can it be so strange and unusual and yet so forgettable. Exactly. It confuses me every time. It's a strange detail. Well, for those who uh, may be less familiar. <laughs> or just forget. Ian happens to be like, a what are you dead ringer yeah. for Alan Rickman as yeah. Hans Gruber in 1988. Yeah. I can't explain it. Um, yeah, I almost feel like I should shave my beard just to like have the goatee. It's just everything from, from the look and the attitude and the, <laughs> the voice and the desire for negotiable bearer bonds. Mm-hmm. It's all just <laughs> yeah, locked all in there. Yeah. And it's just a little strange that this happened about what, five years before your birth. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. 88. Do you happen to know if your parents considered the name Hans? <laughs> Uh, or I, Gruber. I, <laughs> Gruber. We, we, we can Gruber just call him Gruber. I'm down for that. Gruber <laughs> I kind of wish they had. Uh, I don't know, honestly, but I could see it. I mean, Ian and Hans aren't that far off. I feel they're like not, they're both yeah. they're both European European. Well, I suppose I should say officially that we are here to discuss the <laughs> 1998 all-time classic movie, Die Hard, uh, directed by John McTiernan. I, on a whim, looked up this, looked this, looked this up. Die Hard, nominated for four Oscars. Wow. Really? Wow. Four Oscars. I would have lost a lot of money yeah. if someone yeah. had offered me a bet on that. Yeah. It, what was nominated for four Oscars. It was nominated for film editing, which is a pretty legit... And then special effects, okay. And then uh, sound editing and sound mixing. Okay. Didn't win any of them, but mm. Die Hard mm. is a four-time Oscar nominee. Wow. And so, yeah. Getting the respect it deserves. I, I, yeah. I, I only wish that Bruce Willis had been rightly nominated for his acting in yeah. this movie, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm going to go look up what else is going on. <laughs> John McTiernan, uh, he did Die Hard. Uh, I think his first notable movie was um, the original Predator. Okay. Mm. And those two, I think, were back to back. Um, and then I, I was looking at his IMDb, and I, I can't think of it off the top of my head right now, but he has, like, one of the lowest rated movies I've ever seen. It was, really? like, a, a 3.2 on oh, the wow. IMDb mm. ratings. So he, he has a lot of highs and lows. He did yeah. uh, Last Action Hero, the Schwarzenegger oh, yeah. movie that flopped. Um, but he also did the third Die Hard, which okay. the first one's the best one. The yeah. third one is my sentimental favorite of in, in the franchise. Which yeah. one I is love, that one? It's the Samuel L. Jackson yeah. one. It's the New York City with like uh, they're solving all the riddles running. Yeah, around and it's City. Jeremy Irons as Hans Gruber's his younger brother. brother. Yeah. Oh. and that's like inspired casting as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. It's Simon and all the yeah. Anyway, we'll do that movie one day maybe, but um. I guess we chose this movie intentionally and who knows when this will get released given the way we've been releasing them. But this was chosen for Christmas. We Last year we did Elf and Home Alone. 
Yeah. <laughs> this year we're doing Die Hard. I know it's been a, a popular kind of pop culture discussion question. I want to pull you gentlemen. Is Die Hard, in fact, a Christmas movie? Definitely. I think there's no question. Okay. Yeah. So we're movie. not going to have a debate on no. this podcast. <clears throat> not I'm confused, honestly, when people say it's not. Yeah. I was watching it this time. I was like, it's like, they're trying to make it a Christmas movie. Yeah. It's Christmas so infuses yeah. the entire movie. Yeah. Even the whole thing. I hadn't caught it before, but my, I watched it with my wife this time and she noticed like, even like, um, lowly in the background, mm-hmm. it has like Christmas jingles playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I hadn't caught that before. Yeah, but yeah it really, uh, Ode yeah. to Joy is, yeah. uh, like, they do it, like, five different ways. Right. There's, yeah. uh, you know, like a sinister version, or for, like, mm-hmm. Hans even whistle, uh, whistles it in the elevator. Yep, that's right. It's just woven throughout the film. But the whole pretense has, depends on uh, the, uh, the tower being empty except for this one or two floor, you know, basically. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. So how else is a giant office building, right? It's at Christmas Eve, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, you know, the the, the timing with, with the, the police and the FBI and, you know, his whole plan is kind of intricately timed for the last lock to break for the FBI involvement. Like it requires a certain amount of uh, like or Christmas Eve, like a, Mm. Where that would be like the main thing going on. Um, I don't know. It, it's it just uh, the whole subplot with uh, the marital strife and having to come back and it brings him back. You know, if they've been away for six months, you know, Christmas is a time where you, you come back. Like maybe the weirdest detail, and maybe I'll, I'll direct this to Aaron, <clears throat> when the security card, this is Christmas Eve. Yeah. When does Notre Dame and USC play yeah. on you. Christmas Eve? Thank that bothers you. me each and every. If I've seen this four hundred times, right. that detail has bothered me four hundred yep. times. Absolutely. They don't play college football on Christmas Eve, no. or maybe like a loser bowl game. But Notre Dame, yeah. and especially not in the eighties, they didn't have no. loser bowl games in the eighties. No, it's so. just a strange choice. Another strange choice. <laughs> Once again, yes. Because is there any? There's no like payoff for that, right? It's just no. He's just well, pretending to watch the or you know, not pretending. Int- he's yeah. pretending to like have, have money a, on he it. He could have a Christmas movie on or right. something. Yeah. Like why? Right. Why Notre Dame USC? Like and that's strangely specific. It's it's specific. It's unnecessary. I don't. And I think even back in like 1988, that immediately would leap off the page to anyone who cares about football. Of yeah. like, wait, that I thought doesn't happen. for some reason I thought it was basketball. I don't know why. It's football. It's Is it for sure? Football. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Well, there goes my theory. <laughs> That's all I got. I don't know why, but I thought it was basketball. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it's football, but yeah. Strange choices. I was wondering um, what was with the John McClane. Is it, ju- are they just establishing, like, is this just like 80s, like male, like sex appeal? Like, what is with him? Like, it, it seems like every woman he encounters, he's going back. Yeah, I thought that was to weird. To his estranged wife. Mm-hmm. And he seems <laughs> to like miss her and like have this desire for her. But then, like, he, like, the stewardess on the plane and then the woman in the airport, like, he just keeps encountering random women and, like, they're checking each other out. And, like, I don't really know what the... Like, is that's what just life like, in the 80s was that's like. That's what the 80s was like, I guess. <laughs> I, I want to know what Ian 
As someone who was not alive in the 80s, uh-huh. what does this movie teach you about the <laughs> 80s? Uh, I think it just teaches me that guys like Bruce Willis just were awesome, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you run around without any shoes. With, uh, Every woman wants your you. Your undershirt, right, You're yeah. Cool. You just blow things up, jump off buildings. Did you like the uh, the computerized directory at yeah. the tower? Well, you know what I liked is the guards like, oh yeah, put in the put in her name, and then he does, and he, he's like, oh yeah, she's probably on the thirty first floor. <laughs> They're the only people in the building. The only like, people there. Why didn't you just tell him that? Like. If he's here at the building looking for somebody, why didn't you just mention they're the only people in the building? Because he's trying to show off his tech. He's yeah, proud of the so. tech. Like, that's cutting edge at well, the time. Well, that, that was another thing that they use because that, like, that's the first time you see her name being right. changed or, like, but her But then using. it's on the door. They right, but then just... you have it otherwise, so it doesn't make sense. Because when I first saw it, I yeah. felt, I was like, why? Like... Yeah, you're the only you, people in the building. Yeah, yeah. There's that, and then and you then, immediately see her name. So it's like, yeah, yeah, it just doesn't make. Maybe they wanted to show off the technology. They were like, I, I think it was cool I, without, technology yeah, I, in actually, this building. I, I do think that that was at least part of why they made that choice. Yeah, I also like. Man, there are a lot like to kill the second guard whenever they first walk in. The guy's like literally with his back turned, and he rolls in the like stun grenade thing uh-huh. and then waits for that to go out and then goes and shoots him. But it's like, he literally was looking the other way. Like, and he, it was just like, you can the, just shoot him. The guy was not going to do anything. Like I guarantee you. <laughs> Clearly you haven't had to not just kill people, but make it entertaining. I mean, John McClane knows what he's doing. He's a New York city cop. Well, I mean, Hans, Hans is efficiency. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Is it, he's efficiency. Yeah. Like at killing people? Yeah. Okay. Or whatever he does. Well, I do think that's one of the, we were talking about like in the quiet place, how like killing the little kid like right away uh-huh. like sets the stage for the yeah. rest of the movie. Like this movie, the, the boss, right. He, he gets like very quickly dispatched and I do, I, I think that sets the tone. Well, um, even whenever they immediately walk in and just shoot the security guard, like they yeah. don't, they don't talk to him. They don't like ask me any questions, nothing. They just shoot him in the head. Yeah, and this was back, uh, so this is 1988, so uh, the the Germans, I guess, were the favorite bad guys, and so you had a lot of six-foot blonde chiseled. (laughs) I was reading that uh, when they released this in Germany, they had had to call them uh, European terrorists, not German (laughs) terrorists, (laughs) and not even necessarily because it was offensive, but because their German was so bad, or like, it was like gibberish, I guess, but... It's interesting how, because like movies are dated, you know, they're a product of their time. And so Ian, obviously you weren't alive, but you have to take my word for it. There was this really weird period in in American history, like spanning the late eighties and the early nineties where everyone in America was terrified that Japan was like buying up all of America. <laughs> and I, <laughs> and this movie taps into that. Like it's, it seems so strange. Like the, the Japanese, like, I don't think no one's thought that way in a long time, but there was mm. like a real paranoia that mm. like Japan was just buying up like city blocks and buildings and all the companies and they were uh, better at business and they were more efficient and, and just all the the car stuff, you know, Toyota and, and everything. And so it's just interesting, like the, the I'm 
Nagasaki, Nakatomi Plaza City. Yeah. Um, I think in the 80s, no one would have thought twice about that, you know, mm. with the, the boss. And I think even mm. like having him killed right away would have hit that audience in the 80s differently. Like you would have expected the guy that powerful and the head of that kind of company mm. would be one of the last people to be killed or, or to, you know, I think there was a lot of like, uh, I don't know, prestige or I, I'm struggling to find the right word, but someone who's unlikely to die early in a movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. It was, I'm always kind of surprised. I mean, I haven't watched this in a while. So I, I was, I forgot that he got killed. Like I knew it was kind of early, but I forgot that it was that early. And it's pretty, uh, like there's a lot of splatter. I mean, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's <laughs> but it's funny because it also, the shock kind of conveys to John McClane. Like he, mm -hmm. that's his wake up call of right. like, okay, these guys are, you know, professional, mm -hmm. whatever the movie trope is. But um, I did want to pull back for a second because what I think is interesting about this movie um, is, like in one, Die Hard's like a, it spawns a generation, if not multiple generations of like, speed is diehard on a bus, <laughs> right? Or Air Force One is diehard on a plane. Mm -hmm. It's it's the basic diehard thing mm -hmm. that's just, they change uh, under siege is diehard on a Navy ship. It's just, yeah. um, <clears throat> and I think so much of the popularity of this movie really does revolve around Bruce Willis. And one of you, I forget already, was it you Ian or someone was talking about like the Bruce Willis, like what he brings to the role. Cause it's very, we just said the, the director had just done uh, predator, which mm -hmm. is Arnold Schwarzenegger. And at this point in the eighties, you know, you, you have Arnold, you have all these like, you know, Stallone, Stallone yeah. he's kind of larger than life. Just, mm -hmm you know, massive, like unattainable muscle kind of guy. And then Bruce Willis to this point in his career was mostly known for Moonlighting, Moonlighting. which was a TV show and it was yeah. a comedy. Mm -hmm. And he was not seen or understood as an action star. And so him coming into this movie and then the success of this movie, I do think a lot of it's tied to, to Bruce Willis. And so I just, you know, maybe zooming out a little, like, like what's your... Like, how do you encounter Bruce Willis? Like, what do you think he brings to the role and, and what makes it unique? And like, do you even, did you like him in this role? <clears throat> yeah, I love him in this role. And he, um, when you think of him in the context of like Arnold Stallone, like you're saying, like they, they look like they're on steroids. <laughs> Bruce Willis just looks like he's in shape and you know yeah. he, he looks fit, but he just looks like a guy, you know? And, um, but he seems to like, he does have that like kind of comedic, like a lot of his, uh, growing up, my dad would always quote the, let's go out to the coast, have a few drinks, we'll get together. Like yeah. when he's crawling through the vent, like my dad would just say that. And um, he has these lines, he has a sense of humor and like Stallone and Arnold, they're, they're just physically like impressive, but they kind of rely on that. Like they don't really ever come across the movies like, Oh, this is like a clever guy or this mm -hmm. is a smart guy or, you know, he's going to outwit these guys. And, and, um, I buy, um, Bruce Willis as like a New York city cop. Like his, I, I don't know where he's from, but his accent seems very like authentic. And, 
uh, the kind of like personality and the, the, just like the sharpness of his wit. Like he, I, I buy him as like a New York city cop, like yeah. a, a guy who was raised in that. And, um, it's just really well cast and he's not going to like in this movie, you never get a sense that he's just going to like overpower these guys with like brute force the way that Arnold would, um, or just sheer firepower, or, you know, he's going to outsmart them. Um, he's just going to outlast them with his mind. Uh, you know, he tapes the gun to the back. Like it's, um, he's making these like clever moves. I don't want to admit how much time of my life I've been spent trying to. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant in a way. I remember the first time I saw that just blowing my mind. Like that was the most genius tactical move I've ever seen. And then like reaching behind my own back and being like, Really it's taped? Yeah. Am I just really I mean, unflexible? Be... Maybe I, I'm not very flexible, but it, it seems like a a suboptimal from like a you have to kill two guys before they can kill <laughs> right. you or yeah, your wife. It's a pretty. It's a maneuver. Uh, and then really I was wondering, gotta... like, like I'm a pretty sweaty guy, but Bruce Willis is really sweaty. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know how much that yeah. tape. I mean, it was like he's really sweaty in this movie. Yeah, I, I, I would worry. Like if it were me, like the tape would just fall off <laughs> and the gun would go clattering. <laughs> and the gun just goes yeah. clunk, dang! Oh, like, oh no. shoot! Yeah, <laughs> this tape doesn't really stick to sweat, right? Uh, do you know that from experience? I do. So. Don't ask me how. Right. Tim cooks with I his won't. spatula. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just in case he was just, just like, whoa, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> he can't stop me. <laughs> how about you, Ian? Uh, I know you're Team I Hans Gruber, to but my back? Oh. yeah, I mean Hans. <laughs> if you can set aside any lingering bitterness towards, <laughs> I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it worked out well for everybody. So <laughs> I got away with my bonds, and uh, he he says the only way they could get away is if everybody thought that he was dead. So hmm. there you go. It really sets it up. Um. What was the question? What? Oh, yeah. Uh, Bruce Willis. Yeah, I mean, I just agree with what Aaron was saying. He's more of an everyman. Um, and he's also, yeah, he is. he's funny. And he's kind of like doing this, but he's kind of begrudgingly doing it the whole time. Like <laughs> yeah. the, whenever he's tying the <laughs> the fire hose around his waist, he's like, oh, come on. I can't believe I'm doing this. So I feel like that's a very american thing yeah. like and I, I like too the they like <laughs> threw in the callbacks to like i think they mentioned schwarzenegger and yeah. um just like all the other guys and even like the like old western guys and yeah so I, I like that they kind of like had that nod to it but then i do feel like it's kind of the next uh i mean like you're saying it inspired so much and i do feel like this is more of the next wave of that which is like more of an everyman, like somebody that you can more see yourself in and doing kind of some of the same things as like Stallone or Schwarzenegger. Um, but also having this like winking attitude while they're doing it. I, th- I think that is very, that's very modern in a lot yeah. of ways. And it's mm-hmm. a little bit more nuanced and it's a little bit more like in the gray. Like, is this guy a good guy or a bad, you know, like he lets them shoot. He doesn't let them shoot us, but it's like, he, you know, he, he doesn't give up the detonators. So he's not this, like, he's not just going to run in there and shoot everybody up, but he's also not this like lone ranger, like trying to save everybody's life or, you know, lone ranger in the actual, uh, mm-hmm. like the show. Um, thematically he is a lone ranger, I guess. 
but you know what I mean? He's like, mm-hmm. he's kind of this like gray, morally ambiguous to some degree character, like doing the best that he can, but also living in this complicated world where like a lot of the earlier action heroes, the world wasn't that complicated. There was like yeah. good guys and bad guys. Yeah. And so I feel like it, it's kind of bringing the genre into uh, more of that mindset. Yeah, it's an interestingly sketched <laughs> character. I, I didn't really, this is based on a book. Yeah, I saw that, I saw that yeah. in the... I had yeah. no idea. I didn't know that either, yeah. And that uh, Clint Eastwood had bought the rights to it mm. and intended on starring in this. And I guess they just had a really hard time adapting it huh. to, to film. Interesting. And it's... Because uh, John McClane, his motives, right? He, he's not, you know, the FBI agent who snuck in to save the day. Or he he's not... He has no, like... Uh, like duty of care or anything. Like, like he, he's a bystander who just happens to be there. And he's a, you know, a New York city cop. He's not in his jurisdiction, but it establishes like a baseline skill. You know, mm-hmm. he's familiar with bad guys and guns and, and has like a fake street. IDs. Yeah. Fake yeah. IDs and, <laughs> and those kind of things. Um, but he, you know, the, the every man thing, but he at the end of the day is just trying to, it's not done in like a noble sense. It's more done in a surviving sense. He just wants to get through it. You know, he, he doesn't want to see all the hostages die or anything, but he just wants to be reunited with his wife and go and have enjoy Christmas <laughs> basically. <laughs> so he, it's not quite like the full modern anti-hero that's sort of dominated, you yeah. know, our, our landscape for the last 15 years or so. But it's maybe the beginnings of an inkling. Like his motives aren't pristine. He, mm-hmm. He's not, you know, the the white hat who's the bad guys. Oh, let me, you know, come riding in and, and do my thing. And I do think that, you know, looking back kind of through eras, like it is interesting how that spawns something. And then what you said, Ian, it made me um, think of uh, like the wisecracking. Like he. he Legit is funny. I think mm-hmm. Bruce Willis, and you've seen it in the rest of his career. He he really nails that. Uh, it's not like a straight comedy, but like the wisecracking thing. Yeah. And then I think like a lot of the dialogue in this movie is improvised because I think they mm. changed so much as they were filming because the practical huh. demands were so difficult. And so I think a lot of that is like his natural sense of comedic timing. Mm. And, and um, I was reading like he improvised that high honey, <laughs> like at the end <laughs> when she's being held yeah. and he kind of is a little delirious. And, um, but it, it makes me think of the Marvel movies, like mm. Marvel, like really, yeah. f- at least the, the first phase, like really honed in on mm. that balance of like action with like a heavy dose of, uh, one-liners mm. and comedic Robert timing. Robert Downey Jr. is really Absolutely. like the spiritual yeah, kind of- Yeah, yeah. Chris Pratt has this. that. Yeah, Chris that, Pratt has that. But he's yeah. a little jokier yeah. in mm-hmm. the character. He's a little goofier. Iron Man's definitely the-, yeah. the yeah. John McClane yeah. type. Absolutely. Uh, like the smarter, more refined, right. rich version of John McClane. Yeah. yeah, I think that's right. But it's, uh, as Marvel's shown, like that's a very bankable, <laughs> like mm. American audiences love that. And I think that's what, if you ask people what's one of the differentiators between Marvel and DC is the ability to, to weave in like that kind of humor mm-hmm. where DC tends yeah. to be a little darker and heavy handed and just kind of Which is around. funny though, I, I just watched a trailer for, I think it was Aquaman. I don't even know what movie, but it had a lot more of that humor in it. Because so James Gunn, who was the, the, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the Guardians guy, yeah. they threw 
put up a boatload of money and he's now ahead of DC. Poached him over. Yeah. And Jason Momoa, he has that kind of mm-hmm. naturally. He's mm-hmm. kind of funny. Yeah. Just naturally. But it's like Arnold has his like, you know what I mean? Arnoldisms. <laughs> right. Yeah. That you're laughing at stuff. him kind right. of yeah. and it's funny. And, and he has like inherent charisma. He's, he is. Yeah. He does. He and a lot of times like he's yeah. in on the joke. He knows like, right. I know I'm stiff. I, think, I know yeah, like. He definitely is. But, but it's not this. No, it's not mm-hmm. this. And Stallone's just not Stallone that at all. <laughs> <laughs> and like Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> right. or yeah. Steven yeah. Seagal or your kind of yeah. classic action heroes. Right. Uh, it's not that at all. And so. I do think like Bruce Willis really does bring that, and I do think spawns an entire, you know, generation mm. really of, of expectations. <laughs> do you think the same thing's kind of true for uh, Hans? I'm not just saying this because no, this I is am good. him. Yes, <laughs> I, th- I, I don't. I'm trying to think You're of awesome, other movies. Hans. Right? We love yeah. You. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I feel like he, I mean, he's very much like a real, not, maybe not relatable. For <laughs> 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 some people. I mean, we can all, I mean, yeah. all of us really uh, yes. relate. I think we're all rooting for him. <laughs> no, but he is like a, he's more refined. He's kind of that like refined villain and like is willing to get his hands dirty, but also is like, like he's working with the hostages. You see him kind of like they ask him for stuff and he's like fairly reasonable. Um, so just like, like in the same way that the, the hero, the action hero is like getting a little bit more gray. I feel like Hans is very much this gray ish, uh, villain where you're like, you know, he's the bad guy, but at the same time you're like kind of rooting for him. Cause it's kind of a heist movie <laughs> at the same time. I mean, you're kind of rooting for him, but <laughs> Okay, Hans. <laughs> Which, do you feel like that was something before? Because I feel, I mean, definitely in like the Schwarzenegger movie, it's like those were all just bad guys and they didn't really yeah. have a lot of depth. Like, so it was kind of like switching both of those, like moving everything more mm-hmm. into the gray. Yeah, I think that's true because like you said, the kind of like action before this, it was just simpler times. The bad guy was just bad. There was nothing really redeeming about them. Um, and this one, Hans, like he's clever. He, you know, we were laughing about it earlier, but the scene where uh, McLean and Hans kind of stumble into each other for the first time and Hans pretends like he's one of the hostages and it's it's just a quick wit. It's also a smart move. And I don't think you tended to see bad guys do things like that mm-hmm. in movies before. And Yeah, and he's, um, his motives are very clear Yeah, because uh, it's pure greed. Yeah. And he's very intelligent um, and, and very thoughtful. Say more. Well, <laughs> exceedingly handsome. Very good looking. Very charming. Yeah. Um, Stylish. Yeah. <laughs> he knows the maker of the suit. Yeah. Yeah. That's he has, right. he yeah. has two of them. I have two of those. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but he, he uh, I mean, with the benefit of hindsight, it's Alan Rickman. You know, they nailed that casting. Yeah, and yeah, um, great. fun fact, it's his first film role. Really? This is his, really? He was a stage okay, actor. Really. This wow. is his first ever mm. film role. He had been in Hollywood less than a week and got oh, offered wow. this part wow. and wanted to turn it down because he didn't want his first film role to be a villain. Mm. And he was afraid of being typecast. But he was so good in this movie, he became like the go-to villain, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. How um, long after this was Prince of Thieves? Because he was the yeah, sheriff in that movie. Yeah, yeah he's, he's great in that he's too. He's so good in that movie. But I, it, he did kind of get it's in like the 90, villain lane. 91, 92, yeah. a couple of years, yeah. Um, I love Alan Rickman. Yeah. <laughs> his voice and yeah. his, his persona. 
But I, I wanted to go back to that scene you were talking about because it, it kind of highlights some of what we've been talking about. It's the first scene that was shot. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, because oh, Rickman wow. was was new to Hollywood, didn't know Bruce Willis, and they wanted to, they didn't rehearse the scene ah, at all. And they wanted that like awkward, like yeah. we don't really know each other part to kind of come through. So that it's the first does. thing they shot. Wow. wow that's and interesting. A, a lot of that's like, you know, improvised or, you know, they, they didn't want to yeah. do it to death. And uh, I just, I huh. love, they wanted, um, the director wanted that scene in there because- Again, this is the '80s where Arnold and all you know the roided up guys. There's mm -hmm. these long, drawn out like punches. You know, and there's some of this in this movie with uh, sure. some mm -hmm. of the henchmen. But good guy versus head bad guy. There's always like this drawn out punching yeah. kind of in the mm -hmm. tide turns back and forth. And this movie was not going to have that. Like Hans and and John McClane don't square off until yeah. the very end and it's a, it's a single gunshot and then he falls off the building. Like yeah. there's no prolonged ending, which is very unique in this kind of movie. Mm. Uh, and so they wanted uh them to have a face-to-face -face interaction. And so they needed to see that um, Rickman could pull off a credible American accent. Mm. So it's one of the first things they like screen tested for him. And once that was a go, they wrote that into the movie and then made it first. And like the way, because it shows the skill of as an actor, right? He, he's competent, he's in charge, he's the top of the pyramid, he's giving orders, he's the mastermind, he's got everything, even when, the plan starts falling apart. He's the picture of calm. You know, he, he's just totally this picture of a guy in charge. And then he's up there and he runs into John McClane and he snaps into that American accent. And he, I, I kind of want to hear you do it again. Yeah. <laughs> really oh, oh no, <laughs> you're one of them. <laughs> and he's convincing. And like, you know, John McClane is a streetwise, very savvy New yeah. York City cop. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole fake ID right. thing. He's very like mm -hmm. onto this. And then you have this like master manipulator and mm -hmm. it's not a physical punching mono yeah. mono, but it's a battle of wits yeah. mono mono. And as the audience, it's that scene, it's my favorite scene in the whole movie. It's, and it, it gets great. me every yeah, time. That's really fun and to watch. And the way it's, uh, you can see it because they're both hyper intelligent in yeah. their own way. And so you can see McLean like, you know, he's like, oh, what's your name? You know, and you see the, the mm -hmm. camera does a great job of showing the directory. And then you're like, oh, he's setting a trap. But then without betraying a nerve or without glancing up, Rickman is just like, he nails the name. Yeah. So mm -hmm. he he's a total pro mm -hmm. and McLean's a pro. And they're just, and you think he gets it over on him when, when right. McLean gives him the gun. And so it's like that one last twist on the battle mm -hmm. of wits. And then, you know, they come in and like, Right before McLean can finish him off, you know, you get the, the deus ex oh, no, smacking the thing. No yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> My dad used to say that too. That's but okay. the way, yeah. yeah, but the way he would, because uh, even the beginning of that scene, like the gun's back in the shaft, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and it's like, is he going right. to make it run for it? Yeah. And he, you know, a lot of tension, yeah. yeah. So With no well crafted. Yeah. I, I just, that scene is a uh, low key, like uh, it hits on so many cylinders. Yeah, that's good. And it's because those two actors are, are really good at what they do. And mm -hmm. so for that to be the first kind of unrehearsed scene in the movie, it's mm. uh, I think it showed like why it has a higher upside. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, the I didn't know that either. And it is neat to think about the way that the awkwardness does come mm -hmm. through in that scene. And it is really well done. And um, 
yeah, it's neat to think of that as the, uh, the classic, like you said, kind of main good guy, main bad guy yeah. battle. And they kind of did it in a fresh way. It's usually like, especially at the time, it's like strength, projection of strength. Right. But Hans immediately goes to like quivering mm. and you know what I mean? And so it, it gives credibility mm. to like, well, this guy can't be the arch bag. Like, you know, mm. That's not what a bad guy does, you know? I don't know, I'm repeating myself now, but it, it's just, uh, I loved like the, the slight inversion on like expectations mm-hmm, on, mm-hmm. on that and, and what a bad guy is and what a good guy is and how they're supposed to fight. Uh, it's a, a unique thing. Well, and even just like what people would do to win in a battle. Mm-hmm. It was like earlier, I mean, if you go back to like, you know, the 50s, all the TV shows, like it's still very much this like picture of kind of this honor-based society right. or honor-based fighting, you know. And then now in like end of the 80s, they're definitely shifting away <laughs> from that where it's more of like whatever you can do to win, basically. Like mm-hmm. it's not really about honor. It's just being it's just being smarter than the other guy so that you can get whatever it is that you get want those bearer bonds yeah get, get those, those yeah get those negotiable bonds. Yeah. bonds yeah i don't really understand what they were gonna do with those but i guess i'm sure they have a plan <laughs> i could give you a 10 minute legal explanation <laughs> on what a negotiable bearer bond is and the holder of debt and how it's issued but I don't think anyone wants that. Yeah, probably the not. The big idea is it's the equivalent of, it's not registered. So whoever possesses it, it's like an endorsed check. Mm. Even if it's not in your name, if it's endorsed, you can cash mm, it even cash if it's it, not yeah. you. Uh, so whoever holds it can get can cash it. Mm. It's not tied to a name and it's not registered. So they're infinitely transferable oh, without like any not, kind of tracking. You can't track them. Okay. Like that's okay. that's essentially cash. In the 80s, they were tax advantage, so it was a thing. Mm. And then they stripped away the tax advantages. So there's really no upside to using them now. But it mm. used to be a way, because you could you know, make them higher. So if you had a lot of cash to move, you could do it more efficiently with mm. Uh, mm. negotiable bearer bonds, mm. uh, which mostly were used by criminal enterprises. <laughs> that makes sense. So a lot of people think like it's a, it's a wink that maybe the, the corporation was kind of into mm. some shady stuff. Mm. Interesting. You want to really I like how Ian's deep. pretending like he doesn't know what yeah. they are. <laughs> yeah. He definitely doesn't have any uh, yeah, in his I backpack. I definitely don't, yeah. <laughs> 680 million in, uh, or whatever it was. Yeah, in yeah, 1988, like that. that's, that's, that's a million. lot of money. Yeah. That's um, crazy. Yeah. You're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah. So what... There's so much. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, I want to know what your what your favorite bad guy <laughs> death was. <laughs> Just because we're gonna channel our inner like twelve year old. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Probably whenever he. I guess this isn't whenever he actually dies, but whenever he throws him out <laughs> of the window onto Al's car. Al's like, yep, this is fine. <laughs> Chunks the guy out. And then as soon as he hits the car, they immediately start shooting. The yeah. Car. It's like, this things just escalate. And then he just starts backing up. Yeah. And just 
keeps going. Like he jumps over like five different things and just keeps going. There's definitely several points where it seems like he's fine to stop reversing. Yeah, that's what's so funny. I, I don't know. I guess LA police training, I'm definitely not familiar yeah. with it. So they, I think this was before Rodney King. I think this movie yeah, just reversed. Like, is prophetic in some of the, the issues in the LAPD department. Yeah. Yeah, I just like the just the whole string of events that that kicks off. Is, <laughs> yes. I just p- picture some police trainer like just reverse until <laughs> just keep something will stop you. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. Just keep but going. He goes into like a gully. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. He falls off like a little ledge, <laughs> and then he just climbs out of his car. Like, and then okay. he starts yelling, "I need backup!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's not. I guess it's not technically a death for me either, but I, I'll always love the part where. Um, the guy comes on the elevator with the sign on him and it's- That's uh, yeah. my answer. That's ho, 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 now yeah. I have a machine gun. Yeah. <laughs> That's classic. <laughs> and I do think that this movie, if we're kind of extolling some of its historic significance or film significance, that is classic. Um, there's some, uh, like we were saying it was nominated for editing, but some of the camera shots are iconic. Mm. Like him in the air- the air yeah. conditioning ducts in uh, the, the, yeah. when he lights the lighter and his like face is illuminated. So you, claustrophobic. You, yeah. So claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. And then the, when the guy is yeah. uh-huh. pushing with the gun and like you feel the claustrophobia, you feel that completely, I don't care who you are, you're not escaping that. Right. You know, and it's so like that close call, but just the, the framing of that shot, the one where he does throw the guy out though, you know, to get the attention of the cop like the camera's below shooting up and you see him leaning mm. out the window. Like that's an iconic yeah. movie shot. Like for like an action movie, there really is a lot of uh, like camera mm. creativity and, and a lot of thought and artistry and, and some of the framing and, and shooting of it. Um, and just, yeah, the, the ho, ho, ho. And is it, that's the sense of humor. Like, yeah. And that's the mind game. That's the, the right. Hans versus John McClane, tete a tete, you know, you know, he gets the, you know, they're, they're the walkie talkie. And so they're being cagey with what information and mm-hmm. the whole time, you know, Holly's there mm-hmm. and it's just, if he knew that game over, cause he gets right. Holly and yeah. then he forces John's hand. So there's kind of like the John versus Hans. And then there's Holly being this major chip that's undiscovered, but as the audience, you know, and yeah, but she's also playing it well too. Right. Yeah. She she's does, like in yeah. the game mm-hmm. as well. Is it plausible that someone can go from being hired in New York City to being the head of operations? <laughs> That's <laughs> what I, that didn't check out to me either. Cause it's like, John seems to think like, oh, she'll she's come yeah, like, out. Like, she's yeah. like a high level executive. It's like, like, like she's killing it. Like, yeah, she it doesn't really seem like she's, she's anywhere not like some like hourly like it. temp who's yeah. just like, oh, maybe this will turn into something. But is like, it possible to go from not working period? Because <laughs> He's just mad that she's working period. Right. To like second in command at this like Forbes 100 kind of, you know, enough to have a billion or, you know, $680 million in bearer bonds right. stashed away. Like, yeah, I was like, uh, I don't know if, because we're mostly getting it from John's perspective. Like, is he, was he just that out of touch? Yeah. Like, yeah, he, I don't he know. Just, he didn't really understand what his wife was doing. Like, yeah, I, I mean, she was in New York. I mean, New York, maybe she sure, had a yeah. job in New I don't know. Yeah, I just, yeah. That was a rapid ascent, the yeah. way, at least in John's mind. She's got her name on the door. That seems yeah. like a big deal. Yeah, she had a pretty nice office. Really like, nice. Super nice view. Having spent so much time on the things I love about this movie, 
I have to at least hit on it. <laughs> Some things haven't aged well. The Family Matters guy. The, what's uh, what the, the character? Sergeant Powell. Sergeant Powell. Why? Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and now I, I should I should refine this. I actually don't. Uh, it gives you a you know a way for John to do some wisecracks and show yeah. his relatability. I, I'm being a little unfair to to, to Sergeant Powell. Why the antagonistic with the the deputy mayor or the deputy uh, whatever yeah. the 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 guy in charge like it's just like like zoom out for a second here like, like you know it's unquestioned at some point that terrorists have taken over and that there's you know maybe you don't quite know who John McClane is but like the unbridled hostility <laughs> towards the one guy who's communicating with you yeah. and trying and like doling out information that eventually checks out yeah. even when it's done and he comes out of the building right. and yeah. it's like he's the guy is still riding him yeah i don't understand the yeah. naked hostility and i think that's that crude like we hadn't really refined the yeah. genre enough back yeah. then where you just needed uh you needed the heavy, you needed the yeah. the yeah. man to, yeah. to kind of rebel against. Mm -hmm. But it chafes me every time. John McClane deserves respect. That guy should be on his knees thanking him. Yeah. And instead he just gets crapped on the whole time. Because they, I, the, whatever, they, they're like anti-terrorist squad. They, they, they're not very good at what they do. Yes. Like <laughs> Tactically, they're not good. Like decision making, I love because they they get shot in the leg and they're all just like moaning. Well, that's what. Yeah, like four of them. Their whole plan was just run up to the door, and the guy literally doesn't do anything. He just sits there and then he shoots him. It's like eating raisinets or something. Yeah, it's like you know that he can see you. That's glass. Like that's he can see you through the glass. Like there's no. Yeah, they're really not very sophisticated. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. It, and like, it works if, like the tension with Powell and the, right. the deputy guy, it works if the deputy guy and his crew are like competent because it's just like, Powell, you're just this patrolman, like right. step aside. Right. But then it's like him and John are a more competent team. Right. Than the, so it's like, why? Yeah, I don't understand it either. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense. And then the two Agent Johnsons of the FBI. Yeah, that they just- uh, <laughs> arrive on scene and just cowboy it up. Yeah. Then they're in an attack helicopter. Yeah. Like they're not they're expecting like, this. Yeah. And he's like flashing back to Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> that was just, uh, I'm like, wow. I, I, I'm bracing for it every time. And I, I still, that's, 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 that's a choice. Yeah, I think what you said is true. I think the refinement of the, the genre was going new places and they still hadn't figured that aspect out. And I think we, speaking of weird subplots, like the, the movie does kind of predict Nightcrawler in a certain yes. sense. Yeah. Oh, I was, I, <laughs> yeah. I have that written down. Yes. Thank it you. very much does. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just, that guy is Nightcrawler, basically. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. in, is it in LA? It is, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it, he basically just is Nightcrawler. <laughs> like, Some of the scenes like, and shots were like, very, they felt similar to me. I guess uh -huh. like, I didn't like compare them, but there was ones that felt very, yeah. very familiar. Well, and that was another thing is like, why is this in here? Yeah. Like why? Because you really, you get like three little like vignettes with that guy. Right. Yeah. He's a jerk in all of them. 
and it doesn't serve any purpose. It doesn't at all. really pay off. There's uh, no payoff except for no. she punches him at the end. That's yeah. it. That's like the only payoff. Yeah, it just you just don't like him. Yeah, and, and then like, he gets okay. punched, and you're like, yeah, like, right, like he's fighting with like the news anchor, like yeah, right. it's like why? Like you're not a real news, like it's right. just and it like kind of feels like there's gonna be some like storyline there, like some plot, but then like. Maybe they had something planned and they oh, just. Oh, I guess the only thing. No, I don't even know if that makes sense. They do because he like forces his way into their house by like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> threatening to tell the yeah. nanny on INS. Yeah. INS. Like, what the? <laughs> yeah. But then, then he talks to the kids and uh, who sees it? Somebody sees it. Well, Hans. Hans, is it's that on how TV. he, is that yeah. how he, he figures it, out? Yeah. Okay, so that's like this. he lifts up her right. picture. That's the he plot sees, point. Which that picture's been flat the entire yeah, time. Just flat, yeah. yeah. Which, does that, he, oh, but I, so I guess he had already seen, had he seen him at that point? Is that how he recognizes him? He'd seen John. Okay, yeah, they had seen yeah, him. They yeah, run into yeah, each other into relatively yeah. early in the movie. Okay, yeah. So I guess that's, why they had that, but, but it still doesn't make sense to me because he's seen John. Well, did the picture have how I guess it did, it did. It okay. has John and Holly, and the it, has, it has the whole so family. Yeah, that makes sense, then. yeah. But like, I feel like even Nightcrawler, I feel like uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in that movie, I think even he wouldn't force his way <laughs> he would have some into qualms. the home. <laughs> Through the nanny of a guy who's like, or, or a, you know, mom and dad who are being in an active hostage. terrorist hostage situation. Like, I think even Jake Gyllenhaal would be like, okay, dude, like, <laughs> like there, there are limits here. Like, it's so cartoonishly, yeah. for what? To get us, you know, I know it's like a little kid saying, I want my mommy or something, but I feel like. Back in 1988, especially, like, that would have caused, like, mass, like, boycotts of that station yeah. for that kind of thing. It's just so, for, like, Hans being, like, not cartoonishly evil. Yeah, it's like he, they had to use that He kills somewhere. people, yeah. but he's, you know, he's very in control, very, like, rational. It's more like it, a shark. Like, he just right. he, does he's what's just, needed without remorse, but... He just wants the money. Right. And he doesn't, he has a very low view of human life, but yeah. he's not also capricious. He, he's not, you right. know, oh, right. pregnant lady, you know, I don't care if your back hurts. He's like, hey, we'll bring a couch in. Like, yeah. they go out of their way to do all that. Right, yeah. And so it's like, it's almost like the news anchor is like more evil. He's like the real bad guy. <laughs> like, I think you could make a case that yeah. he's like the if real he was monster. Smarter, he'd be like Hans yeah. Gruber, but worse. Right. Yeah. It's just such a weird, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it does serve a plot point, but it's like but it's in that very eighties. This is the decade of fluorescent and yeah. uh, you know, very loud. It's also just kind of unnecessary. It's like the name, the name on the door thing. Yeah, like, yeah. it does serve a plot point, but they There's could have also done it without all way of that. other like, ways. Yeah. You could do that. Yeah, yeah. I did read that uh, Bruce Willis was filming this and Moonlighting at the same time okay. and was shuttling back and forth and was. Uh, like fighting off like just exhaustion. Mm. And so they had to decrease his screen time and beef up secondary characters to okay. like oh, really? allow for that. So that maybe that's, sense. you know, that makes they're sense. sort of like, oh, I guess we got to figure something out. Maybe they were just playing with the idea of greed and trying to show oh, that, there we you go. know, even though this guy isn't killing people. I mean, we can make fun <laughs> of it, but yeah, it was ahead of its time. I yeah, mean, it, I, it, it, yeah. 
put his finger on uh, something that's real. Yeah, no, that's what. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's what I got out of the movie. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I mean, it is kind of interesting because it is basically Nightcrawler. So <laughs> it's like if, if you if you think Nightcrawler is interesting, then just watch Die Hard. Yeah, a little Nightcrawler short in the middle of Die Hard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> A little more perspective. That makes sense with beefing up this because, like, the Argyle stuff too. Like, I love it. Oh, oh yeah. How have we not Argyle? talked about Argyle yeah. yet? But it also kind of it's feels like, unnecessary. Why? It's like, yeah. why? <laughs> but I'm happy it's there. I love Argyle. I love Argyle. Just sitting, listening to music. The phone Talking goes dead. Yeah. He's just like, eh, it he just flashes. It just flashes <laughs> yeah. to him. Like, it feels like every like 20 minutes, and you just yeah. get another one, and he's still doing the exact same thing. Let's like, see what Argyle's nothing doing. Nothing has changed. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting next to a giant bear talking to a girl. It does get me every time when uh, Argyle like picks him up at the airport and neither one of them knows what to do. Yeah. And then it cuts and Bruce Willis is sitting in the yeah, front. Yeah. Sitting in the front. Yeah. <laughs> gets pretty, me every and they're time. just like, they're just talking. <laughs> and Argyle's asking all these deeply yeah, personal like super questions. personal questions. <laughs> just, you guys divorced or what? <laughs> and he's like, just drop it. And he's like, no, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, what? You're going to push that? Like... I also have my doubts about the Ar- Argyle's uh, kind of knockout punch. Yeah. Just the leverage on that just doesn't yeah. seem to, to work. I was a little disappointed in the, well, the safe cracker. I think the other guy is a nerd, so I think that's a little the, nerd on nerd violence. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Glass you jaw. You can't punch that hard, but yeah. you don't have to. So <laughs> when you're punching a nerd, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that that's on. the logic there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, that was fun. Uh, maybe shifting gears to <laughs> what are some of the, the thematic, uh, you know, we can talk more about long haired blonde German guys and how they die, but um, what are some of the, maybe taking a step back, some of the, the, the themes or, or, Whatever, uh, kind of maybe the more thoughtful side of what the movie's getting at. Yeah, I mean, we already did talk about this, but I did think the greed aspect of it was interesting. Of like, I I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but <clears throat> there was something of like he would have rather be seen. I I know it's not about image, but just like maybe how how far from like an honor society that we are of like. He's totally like he wants to be seen as a terrorist because it gives him leverage in different ways that like being if it just is seen as like a robbery, then he doesn't have the same leverage. Mm -hmm. And so he's going into it like taking hostages and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, like he just wants money. And Holly kind of calls him out for that. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of interesting. I, I, I didn't really know what to make of that. But I feel like there's something that is kind of interesting about that of like. He's willing, like, he really doesn't care about anything. He's just, he's just like, I just want the money. Like, and he'll do basically anything to is get it. Is it a critique of American capitalism? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is in some, in some way. Yeah. Yeah. American nihilism. Right. Yeah, the American modern and capitalist machine. Yeah. Not even the bad guys are just, they're just capitalists. That's Good guys, <laughs> bad guys. Is there really a difference? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, all just yeah, capitalists. Yeah, because there doesn't seem to be any motive beyond like just getting as much as, like squeezing as much as you can out of like the system. Yeah. 
and people are just disposable in that process. Mm -hmm. And And it is, that's what makes the news guy so interesting is because it is this like parallel. It's this very, where like he doesn't care what he's doing to the people that he's interacting with. He only cares that he's getting what he wants out of it. And he's working on a much smaller scale, but he's doing like, I mean, besides like actively killing people, but you know, if you go to the Sermon on the Mount, it's like <laughs> he's doing the same. I don't, I don't know. It's just it's so funny that that's in there because it is like this parallel. That's one of the all-time pivots. I <laughs> was blindsided by that. I Jim, you should know by now. I can, see that coming. I can reach anywhere. I've got I've got a wide wide reach of uh, see, references. You're not a criminal mastermind for nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think I've been doing these past 30 years? Um, no, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's funny that it has that other character in there. Cause it is drawing these kind yeah. of parallels of like, obviously Hans is worse, but it's like, well, but then, but I guess from a Christian perspective, it's like, is this guy's heart in the same place? Like you were saying, if he's smarter, is he just doing the same thing as Hans? Or maybe he's doing it in a different way. Maybe he's not actively taking, um, you know, maybe he's not actively taking hostages, but maybe he's like a corrupt uh, official, you know, politician or something like that. And it's like, is that better or worse? Like there's less, you know, I don't know. I do feel the line of life. cold-bloodedly shooting yeah. somebody in the forehead there's is less, quite the line. Of, there, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's Ellis. Yeah, so. yeah. That's also true. <laughs> so. yeah. Ellis doesn't count. I was if, thinking more of the... the, uh, the taga, ta, yeah, taga, yeah. yeah. Takagi. Takagi, Takagi yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ellis definitely deserves to get a shot in the face. Oh, definitely. I think we all... <laughs> No jury would convict. Right. Yeah, <laughs> no way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. Like the greed and the, I don't know. That was kind of interesting. Yeah, which that sets up like some of the appeal of John McClane, like especially as an yeah. everyman. Because yeah. it's like you want that, you want that sense of like somebody can stand up in the face of this and like stand up to it mm-hmm. and, and beat it, you know. And there's something appealing about that when it can feel like you're just up against forces that, yeah, and I think that that's where the everyman part shines because mm-hmm. cops don't make a lot of money. Right, New York City yeah. cops don't make a lot of money. Yeah. He doesn't. He's wearing a undershirt. You know that he doesn't even have shoes. Yeah, he can't even I, buy himself <laughs> shoes. I think they. I read somewhere they had like like thirty five <laughs> degradations like of like the shit. Yeah. yeah, for him to it like change really brown. <laughs> yeah, I was I was noticing it gets yeah. pretty bad near the end. <laughs> But he's, yeah, no shoes, no socks, undershirt, you yeah. know, nothing. He, he He's flying coach when he's going out there. Yeah. He doesn't understand the limo. Like yep. he clearly has never read, ridden in one before. You know, the, the whole thing. He's very salt of the earth, very humble, very not motivated by money. You know, he doesn't try to scoop up any of the spare, you know, when the bear bonds are floating around or anything. You get the sense that he's incorruptible. If Hans had tried to like, hey, you mm. know, Let me kind of cut a deal. Like you kind of stop mucking me up and you know, well, here's a couple million, you know, like, yeah. Which is interesting that Hans doesn't try to do that. I think Hans knew he, he measured Yeah, Maybe he just, yeah. yeah, He uses American accent. Hans is a brilliant tactician. He wouldn't get a waste his, you know. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like I I think that that contrast really Mm -hmm. shines um, because of that. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. 
I had something and then I lost it. <laughs> I'm just trying to survive over Everyone here. Everyone ages. Yeah. It's okay, Hans. <laughs> yeah. You had a nice run. That's okay. I have a lot of money, so yeah. that's all that matters. <laughs> oh, wait. What were we talking about? <laughs> I think the thing that I find interesting about this movie, um, anything that's kind of seen as uh, like, like the the prime example of its genre or, or like something that spawns a lot of imitators or, you know, like Die Hard's sort of like the definitive action movie or as far as influence. And so it's fun to like take it apart, but I find it fun to, to take a step back and be like, like why? Mm-hmm. Like of all the movies that are mm-hmm. action, shoot them up, you know, good guy, bad guys, you know, why did this one resonate so much, you know, We've talked about Bruce Willis. We've talked about some of the everyman thing, but I think there's even like the the arc of it is extremely American. <laughs> like we were just talking about. Like we, we've all seen the 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 Godzilla, whatever the Japanese Godzilla movie that's out now, and how like Japanese that movie feels. Like movies are interesting in, in what it shows, like what a culture values. Mm. And I think in, in this movie, we have like the the everyman. And so that's a big part. I look at Arnold or anyone, you know, your average guy looks at Arnold or Stallone or Seagal. It's just like, I'll never be that. Like, I might as well be Superman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's just, yeah. you're a different like right. human being. You look at Bruce Willis and it's like, yeah, that guy takes care of himself. But, you know, he doesn't. He kind of has like a rugged, like mm. masculinity, not like a pretty boy or not yeah, a right. like model. Right. He doesn't looking. look he, like a movie. Like you right. wouldn't look at him on the street and be like, oh, that guy's a movie star. Exactly. Yeah. Or really like, anything right. particular. Yeah, yeah, he's good looking, but he's not like. Good looking without being like. He's not movie star. Prissy like, or, yeah. or like, mm-hmm. Prissy's the wrong word, but like sculpted or right. like, you know, someone, he, he doesn't look like he like buys moisturizer and products <laughs> and yeah. is, you know, yeah. grooming himself for an hour a day or, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, and so you, you have that sort of sense of like attainability. He beats up the bad guy. Um, but underneath, like you have a guy who is married. He loves his wife. His wife leaves you can tell they love like that, that one scene where they're yeah. trying to figure out where he's going to stay. Yeah. And she's trying to, you know, she doesn't want to come right out and say, please stay with us. And he doesn't want to come right out and say, I want to stay with you and the mm. kids. And they kind of do that tap dance around mm. and then they're sort of inching towards each other. And then he completely blows <laughs> by relitigating the same fight in a very relatable, yeah, totally any, relatable. any married person's yeah. had that, that you, and you can see him in the mirror. He's just like beating himself up. Like, why did I fall for that? Like, I know better. Why did I do that? He didn't oh. want that fight, right. but he couldn't help himself. And it's kind of um, like in like churchy language, like we kind of call that like a respectable sin or, or you know, it's, it's mm. bad. But it's also like stereotypical, like that's how guys are or that's how husbands mm. are. And, and so it feels like it's a character weakness, but a very relatable one and almost one that feels like a virtue in like a roundabout way because it shows that he's very stubborn and, and very, you know, like not easily like dissuaded or, or changed. And so it, it's a vice in this instance, but in a weird 
very unhealthy <laughs> way almost can be seen as a, as a virtue or, or kind of like a classically American male virtue, you know, kind of typical of that. And his whole thing through all that is his journey towards like saving the girl, saving his yeah. wife, being the hero. Uh, and it's interesting because at the end of the movie, you know, when he beats all the bad guys, she's just like, they, they play with the name thing. Like he's really offended that she, yeah, yeah he doesn't yeah. want to hear her explanation of like, you know, the Japanese, you know, wouldn't invest in a married woman and, you know. He's not even listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, she has a picture of her family. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> I was wait, like, hold on. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, she, so, that's why she just puts it down every time she yeah. comes oh, in. Hello. Puts the picture down. <laughs> that's why. That's just my friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's my brother. Um, the merits of her argument aside or what, like, uh, <laughs> At the end, she kind of has like a my hero, like, mm. you know, because someone calls her Gennaro and she's like, it's McLean. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, problem solved. And there's no emotional having to do heart work. There's no having, yeah. you know, and he has a, is it Argyle? Who's he have that phone? Al. Oh no, it's with uh, the cop. Al, yeah. Yeah, with Al, kind of his like yeah. confession or right. tell my wife I'm sorry. Like yeah. he doesn't tell it to her. No, she never hears <laughs> he that. He doesn't tell yeah. Al, doesn't tell it to her. Yeah. And so <laughs> like, it's like this like American, like male lone wolf. Yeah kind of beat all the bad guys, solve the problem, but never having to explore or be vulnerable to your wife. Yeah. And through the sheer force of your will and through beating up the bad guys and through demonstrating your virtue and valor by like yeah. conquering evil, you win her heart. It's all good. And it's all good. Mm -hmm. And it's just the rift is healed mm -hmm. and it goes. And I do. I think there's something attractive, you know, I think in real life, we know <laughs> it doesn't work that way. But there's a part of us that wants that to be true. And, mm. and I think to the American male mindset, that mm. is kind of like this preferred story. And I, I think it like in the same way, like, like a rom-com can like hit sort of your, your garden variety, American woman kind mm -hmm. of desires and tap into that. I think this arc is like the male version of that. Yeah. Can I just beat yeah. up? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 15 Europeans instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead yeah. of having instead to say I'm sorry. Talking yeah. to my wife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds easier. That sounds easier. <laughs> I'd rather do that. It's like there's beating up the bad guys. There's dying while trying to beat up the bad guys. And then there's apologizing to your wife. Yeah. And it's ranked in that order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what, I, that uh, scene or that that fighting scene, like with them fighting, uh -huh. um, I don't, I'm horribly describing this, but yeah, <laughs> what you, the argument scene that you just brought up, yeah, yeah. Um, that I was like, that's like almost up there with the La La Land fight scene, yeah. of like the way that they're reconciling, and it's like. They both, it's going somewhere that they both wanted right. to go. And then just out of, he just can't. He just can't help it. Yeah, he can't help it. It's, it's really great, honestly. Yeah. Like, it's a great little piece of storytelling of, like, character development and just relatability mm -hmm. of, like, it really, yeah, that's, like, a real argument. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really well done. But I agree with everything that you're saying, Tim. Like, I think what makes it so relatable is what it's saying is, like, 
let me just use the things that come naturally to me to solve this problem. And, and so, and we all want that because Mm -hmm. things aren't a lot of things trying to think of like the best way to say this, but it's funny how people can do really difficult things or things that seem impossible and then have a really, really hard time doing things that like at least practically or like logistically are not that difficult, like having a conversation. Like it's basically the plot of the Incredibles. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, that is so true of like, we will go to these great lengths um, just and are able to do these things that takes so much effort and time. If it's something that like feels exciting or interesting, we're really like the hard work. And I think a lot of like, just, I mean, being a man or just like being a human being is like learning to be vulnerable. It's like learning when to like open up to people and when to like care for people and like, and that stuff, it doesn't feel as like exciting or interesting, but that, that is like how you actually build a good life and like really love people and care about people. Um, and, and yeah, that will lead to actual fruit Mm -hmm. instead of like beating up bad guys, which is like, yeah, it doesn't really, there's, there's not like a ton of, uh, outlet for that sort of thing or like practical outlet, I guess. If you want to reconcile with your wife, you can either be vulnerable and share your feelings or you can beat up 15 armed German terrorists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Europeans. But Maybe does, they can just be yeah. any Europeans. Maybe they don't that, have to be terrorists. That kind of classically male orientation of like being problem solvers. Mm-hmm. And so this movie just teased that up. It's like, yeah. here's a problem. Insane odds, but it's within his control. Yeah. Right. Like, when you it's know, in his wheelhouse. It's he's in a his cop. wheelhouse yeah. and he's a cop, but it's like, despite the implausibility of it, he has influence on the outcome. Yeah. And so, you know, there's some high risk things and jumping off of buildings and down elevator shafts and explosions <laughs> and all those kind of things. Um, and we haven't even talked about the running through glass. Yeah. The, it's yeah. quiet place. It's Home Alone. <laughs> oh, it's this man. movie yeah. for the, the feet trauma. Yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, anyway, that gets me every time. When he's plucking it out yeah. of the yeah, dog. Uh, yeah. And he's like talking on the walkie talkie. Oh yeah. my gosh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, he's exerting his will. And as long as he is in a place where he can exert his will, he has a measure of control and a lot of control on solving the problem. And it's that classic thing of like the problem of we have a misunderstanding between husband and wife. It's like that problem gets attacked with, let me restate for the X number of times (laughs) why you're wrong and I'm right. Like Mm -hmm. that's his way of trying to to solve that problem. And then there's the the terrorist problem, which isn't really the problem. It's like the core of the movie. Right. <laughs> but it's exerting control. And, and I think that's part of what is attractive because if you have a doing orientation, then action equals exerting control, which gets you closer to solving the problem. But in a lot of these like emotional kind of relational intimacy things, it's not a doing, it's a 
passive thing. You have to slow down. You have to listen. You have to not act. You have to, you know, and that's a lot harder and is not fun. And more than that, you've relinquished control because you can't manage it. Right. And manage it. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's too late. I don't even know how to respond to that. (laughs) It's too late. I know someone took his women's uh, history, (laughs) women's study courses at A&M. You didn't even know they had those at (laughs) A&M. I got a lot of bad jokes that I'm going to. Yeah. Aaron's the culture. Yeah. They'll have to come with uh, the, uh, the yeah, Patreon that'll be uh, the, yeah, version. That'll be behind the <laughs> you got to pay for this. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and it's like, it's essentially just to love somebody. Like, are you willing to get out of your domain and move into like a domain that is less, uh, like less familiar hmm? instead of just saying like, oh, I'm going to solve this problem by doing the thing that comes naturally to mm-hmm. me, which is, that's, I mean, that's the easiest way. And that's the way I did actually like the way that he said, like the movie doesn't really explore at all or do anything with it, but he, they just have this line of like, I've said, I love you like a thousand times, but she's never heard me say, I'm sorry. Right. And I think that's actually yeah. the, like the idea behind that is actually really interesting of like, you can say, I love you, but if the emphasis is more on like the I part of that, and it's, and you show that by not being willing to humble yourself, to apologize whenever you need to, um, you, you're really missing out on like, uh, you're missing out on real love. Like it's more on like that. Oh, I'm, I'm like exhibiting or like feeling something towards you. Um, whereas like if there's not a humility aspect in that, then you lose, you lose what it is to actually love. Mm-hmm. I would say or something like that. I'm trying to think about that. Do you think we could go to Lifetime and pitch Die Hard, but couples counseling and attacking emotional barriers? I think probably. I think, really I, I, think yeah, I think Lifetime would be all over We that. should just send them this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> just, just have them listen to it. It's funny you brought up the Sermon on the Mount because that's one of its themes is that like, you know, the blessed are the meek, blessed mm-hmm. are the poor in spirit. This like, this idea of like, there's a, there's like a part of our humanity that just wants Jesus to show up and beat up all the Romans, right? Mm-hmm. Just, this mm-hmm. is an evil empire. Beat take them out. <laughs> take them out. Make it right. Um, but instead, uh, it, it clicked in for me, Ian, when you said like something about love being this, um, being the one who makes yourself uncomfortable mm-hmm. or goes to the, like the foreign context. Um, that's Jesus. He leaves yeah. heaven he enters into the world. Um, and instead of just like physically kicking out all the evil, he just says, I'm going to teach a new way that's humble. That's about knowing people and actually caring about who they are and what they need. Um, and through that, it's, it's maybe a, a quieter way. It's a more hidden way. Um, not as visible, but it will it's transformative in a much more meaningful way than mm-hmm. just, well, who's the strongest right now? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. So as like a, um, I think if this, like you guys are saying that if this movie is kind of positing, like this idea that is attractive to parts of us that just want to, can I just like win you back by 
like you said, kind of like what I'm good at. Just mm. let me win at something. Let me impress you. Um, and then you're back. You know, we're back as one. I think God's way is this more humble approach and a, like I said, a more kind of like hidden way that's about, let me just take the time to actually know you. And it's a longer, it's a longer path, but it's narrower. Yeah. And it's like, it's so much more attainable in a lot of ways. Cause it's like, you don't have to set up this whole scenario of like bad guys or like these insurmountable odds to do something crazy. Cause it's like, if that doesn't happen, like if the whole hostage situation doesn't happen, it's like what happens between John and his wife? Like it's hard to say, like they, cause well, they're kind of yeah, coming yeah. together, but then they end up fighting and they like, have the same fight. They just yeah. don't have the, <laughs> right. the, the reconciliation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's kind of what the movie shows is like, yeah. it, they probably don't reconcile. Maybe he just goes and hangs out with Argyle yeah. for, for Christmas. <laughs> He's got the Argyle he backup plan. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, so I think there's that side of us that like wants to do something dramatic, but it's also like, if you had to do something dramatic every single time, it's just like, that's just not sustainable. Like it's not, it's not a real way of there's life. four or five diehard movies. <laughs> yeah, well, I, guess, I guess maybe it is. It's not sustainable, but I think there's something appealing about it because it's like, you almost just immediately know like, yeah. all right, like, this is working or it's not yeah. and I can move on or, you know, I'm, I'm probably deeply wounded and like <laughs> hurt, but it's kind of like the path of least resistance in mm-hmm. a sense where the other path, in a sense, it's, 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 uh, it's better, but it's also like more painful. It's the, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just longer and it's not, yeah. there's no like quick answers. It's like less tangible in mm-hmm. some ways, but it's, working it is working more towards something it's just <clears throat> i mean that's like a lot of things it's like if you're training for something you don't see the changes overnight like if you're whatever training to like run a long distance or lift a certain amount of weight it's it's more about the just like day in day out work that you put in it's not like you just go to the gym one day and then like the next day you can do something incredible that you couldn't do before it really is just this like steady progress like that's how that's how most things are (laughs) but we want relationships to be different we want them to be like oh let me do this big gesture i think Mm -hmm. a lot of it comes down to that it's like the american idea is like oh let me give you this gesture this like grand gesture and that should make up for all of the the days and years and however long that like yeah, that like he wasn't paying attention to her and like didn't know what she did at her job and was like downplaying and like didn't think she would make it whenever she's like basically running this company. (laughs) But let me come in and like save you and then everything will be fine. And it's like- Well, it's a thing where- say this really happens, like it's a thing in like six months. Yeah. They're still in the same place. They're right. fighting again. Like they right. haven't resolved anything. Die hard too. <laughs> yeah, that's when you get die hard too. <laughs> but it's like this, this plays out in reality where you have couples, they hit like a really rough spot and it's like, sometimes the thing is like, well, let's move. Let's right. New city, mm-hmm. you know, and there is, there's like an excitement and a, an mm-hmm. energy that comes with that. And it's, and, but at some point down the line, it's like you haven't addressed the real emotional, yeah. intimate issues. And so 
the moving to a new city doesn't, and then it's like, well, maybe have a baby, maybe yeah. change. Maybe one of us just needs to change careers. Like, you know, you, you try these like big moves, these big gestures and they can have a, in effect for a time, but then they have a shelf life and yeah. you're still in the same place. Like, yeah. And like with friends too, like just in a different context, it's like super easy in our, the, like our culture and just the way that people are already so like dynamic and move around so much. It's like, once you disagree with somebody or you just, you hit a misunderstanding, it's so easy to just like, okay, well, I'm, mm. you know, whether you consciously do it or subconsciously, you're just like, oh, I'm never, I'm not going to see that person again. And, mm-hmm. and it's so easy to drift away from people and to like lose those connections mm-hmm. and just like to not, um, to, to not actually work through things. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even just at a friendship level, which is, that is also like super important. There's a lot that goes into that. And it's just that same thing of like not being willing to put in the work and do the thing that's like not super fun. A lot of the time, not super exciting, but it does really lead to like much deeper relationships. Mm. Um, which are needed. Like, I mean, there's all sorts of like research and anecdotal data as well. It's like, we need good friendships. Like that's something that as humans we need. And it's something that I think we don't really value that much in America right now. And because, and part of it is because it is so easy to like meet people. Like there's Mm. new people. I mean, especially in Austin, there's like new people around all the time, but yeah, but we like need those. And so like, it's worth it to, to put that work in, in all of the relationships that we have in our lives. But it's not, yeah, it's not what comes naturally and it's not what the stories show us, which is interesting. I mean, we, we, we talk about yeah. that, how our story formed and how, uh, at least in America at this point, like Hollywood is a big part of that. And mm-hmm. it, that's not the way that, uh, <clears throat> Yeah, it's it's not the stories really that we're told, which is interesting. That maybe that's starting to change now. We definitely we've moved from the not nuance to more nuance to very nuance now. Now we have all sorts of nuances in our in uh, media and movies. Like, it'll be interesting to see where what that influence does to people. It'll be interesting to see. You know, 35 years from now, we'll be looking back and being like, how unnuanced was, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think part of it's like the passage of time lets you view it when you're not um, in the same, you know, it's like when you're in that lukewarm water, every, like you, you're not aware of it. Mm. And when you're kind of out of it. But like the idiness of this movie jumps out at you. Yeah. Some of the things that, because it was so influential, it's been evolved so many times. It looks rudimentary to our eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm not saying you're, you know, I think you're right too. Like there has been greater nuance. Um, but it's just going to be interesting to see. Yeah. It's part of the value of looking back. I yeah. Because movies do capture an ethos and like dominant thinking. And yeah. Assumptions really of the age. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying we're like moving necessarily towards like a greater understanding right. or like a better place. I just think that we've moved from a not as nuanced place to a very nuanced yeah. place where we question everything all yeah. the time now. And who's to say if this guy is the bad guy or I get what you're saying. You know, okay. and, and and I agree. I think it will I think in a few decades you would be able to look back and see it age. Well, I think that's definitely that true. was interesting like the 
who is really the bad guy. Like when that first hit, that was interesting and now it's like exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Cause it's not yeah, satisfying it's not, ultimately. Yeah. Cause then there's nothing has definition. Right. Okay, we were talking about that with like the, the multiverse yeah. thing now. Uh -huh. Once you hit something of, too much. It's yeah. interesting when it's new and then it's exhausting when it's familiar. Yeah. Whenever we started talking about uh, Hans, I looked at, do you guys know the book Grendel? You know what that is? Like from, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so they, so this guy, it was written in 71 cause I was just interested in the timeline. So in 71, this guy wrote this book. So it, Grendel is just this like monster in Beowulf and Beowulf has been around for, you know, over a thousand years and he's just a monster. He's just this bad guy. Beowulf comes, he's like ripping people's arms off and stuff. And then Beowulf comes and rips his arm off. And <laughs> How do you like it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then like falls into the lair and just kills him. But then this guy in 1971 wrote this book called Grendel, which is from Grendel's point of view. Mm. And it's like doing this psychological yeah. humanizing of like, oh, is Grendel really the bad guy? Or is he actually, you know, yeah. just misunderstood? And yeah. And so it's it, the plot of Wicked. Yeah. Yes. Wicked's yeah, yeah. The, uh -huh. the Wizard of Oz from the- The Stinky Cheese Man yeah. was, when I was a kid, I remember it, it flips all those like fairy tales where it's like, oh, here's the real story of the Big mm. Bad Wolf or the Stinky Cheese Man or whatever. I mean, <laughs> best same. epitomized with uh, Karate Kid with- uh, That's right. The <laughs> Cobra Kai. <laughs> the Cobra Kai. Thank you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. I yeah, seen... It does a similar thing. Where yeah. It's like, oh, who is really the bad guy? And so it's, a, yeah, it is interesting how you can see that. So that book was written in 71, which I yeah. Yeah. is probably one of the earlier, yeah. like at it's least in be. literature. And then, yeah. And, you, and then you see that move to movies and mm -hmm. yeah, so it is interesting and yeah, it'll be interesting in a few decades to be able to look back at where we're at now and, and just to see where it progresses from here. It's I just like, <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking about. I just like that this is like a corporate workplace and I know that like there's floors still being built, but like they just have like pornography just yeah, <laughs> I know. stapled up yeah. on walls. Yeah. And then like McLean, he's just like, he's like literally fighting for his life. Yeah. And he's like, hmm, topless woman. Yeah. Just like he has yeah. to like. It's like <laughs> that's the 80s. That's yeah. the 80s. Yeah. I was thinking about that when you were saying how like times have changed. I was like, yeah, yeah you know, when you could just put a picture of a topless woman up in your workplace, you know? Nobody questioned that. No one. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. Some weird stuff in this movie. Yeah, I... I really like that idea of like the, the gestures. I would prefer the grand gesture yeah. over the kind of ordinary. Like, yeah. Yeah. Actually being present. <laughs> Just actually, actually doing the, yeah. whatever it is. I, yeah. That kind of sums up what, what I was getting. I, I like that. Mm. And I'm sitting here because uh, like you're talking about the Sermon on the Mount. Um, this upcoming week, I'm preaching on the Jesus is talking about um, like washing the outside of the cup when mm. it's like the inside of the cup. And now I'm like weighing <laughs> how much oh, oh, Here we go. It's <laughs> Christmas. Uh, like yeah. it's, it's Christmas. Man. You know, we can it's sing almost, some Christmas songs. I can just do a, an extended and like this won't be out by then. Yeah. So it'll sound, you know. Give everybody a little teaser. I'm trying to, to weigh just how much <laughs> diehard I can put in. Because it really does line up. I, I, I hadn't have thought of it until yeah. you, you put there that you out there. But it does kind of feel like, you know, the outside of the cup is the grand gestures. And That's right. Yeah, we ignore the inside of the cup. Yeah.
Take that, John McLean. That's right. <laughs> what happens to his wife in the other movies? I think I've only seen like one of them, maybe two. <sighs> I, I have seen don't. Dry Hard Two's at an airport. I haven't seen that okay. one. And they, it's very uh, I don't the way it. sequels were back then, where you yeah. just had the, the cash grab. So it's like Home Alone Two is just like run it back. just Home Alone yeah, in just a different like the city. Exact same thing. Yeah. So it's Die Hard at an airport. Yeah. Um, which isn't to say it's not awesome. Yeah. Um, but I had the video it, game. It was yeah. pretty good. <laughs> really? <laughs> and then I know in three, I don't think she's on screen, but she's at least mentioned. Okay. Yeah. I don't she kind of, I think she kind of fades out. Of yeah. Okay. But she's like, I think she appears in the second one. Okay. I think that's it. But I think she's mentioned. I lost track. Is there four or five? There's, there's like this weird five. hacker one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, live for your die. Live for your die. Hard. Hard. Maybe. I think there's five. Die hard I with the vengeance. Yeah. I feel like there's five. There's the weird hacker one. Yeah. That's like about computers. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the last one? Or the I second? think so. I okay. think it's the last one. I lost track. Yeah. But I don't know that they satisfactorily. <laughs> yeah. They don't really. Yeah. <laughs> no, that makes sense. <laughs> but we could do Die Hard or the Vengeance. And Aaron and I can spend a good 40 minutes trying to refigure out the, uh, oh, the, the water thing. thing. Every That's time tripped us I, up yeah. for years. I feel like there was <laughs> like a Thanksgiving forget. dinner yeah, we or did. like we a Christmas. Like, we, we sat and figured it out. It, yeah. But then I feel like we did it for Thanksgiving and then by yeah. Christmas forgot. We and forgot had to, to get, look yeah. it up again. We always have to solve the riddle. I don't know. You guys are talking yeah, about Yeah, I'd have to look it up you, again. But, you yeah. have a, there's a bomb in a children's oh. park. And you have a plastic the bucket? five gallon bucket yeah. and three gallon, and three bucket. gallon bucket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And within an ounce mm. on like a, a scale, you have to get exactly four, four. gallons exactly four. Yeah, of yeah, water. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it just blows our mind every time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I've done this before. See? Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know how to do it. The difference is two. Yeah. And so you have to work out. You take the, you fill oh, okay. the, the five gallon and then you dump it in the three gallon and that's how you get two gallons. Yeah. And then you do something with that. The, the yeah. Die Hard with Avengers podcast will just be us <laughs> working that out for two hours. Well, Ian's a groover, so it's, yeah. Not, yeah. it's not fair. He, his younger brother, brother came up yeah. with this. Younger brother. Yeah. Yeah. Simon. Simon Gruber. <laughs> okay, I also have one thing though is I didn't really understand what they were trying to do with this. So Hans Gruber was in this extremist group and then got like kicked out or something. Like, because they say that he was a part of this group. And yeah, then, wasn't it because he wasn't like committed to the cause? I don't know. They don't say, but like part of the reason they think it's a terrorist group or like a terrorist takeover is because he was in this like extremist group. And then they, they like call the guy and he's like, no, no, no. He's not with us anymore. We kicked him out. Yeah. It's like, that guy? <laughs> he's off the books. So he's like, yeah. The I best, the so best part about the third one though with the younger brother uh-huh. is it's the exact same plot. He yeah. pretends to be like a zealot mm-hmm. and then is actually stealing it's gold. Just to steal stuff. And then like is like it's sneaking funny. it off. Mm-hmm. But it's like, guys, did you not watch like the first Die Hard <laughs> With his older brother. Like, it runs in the family. He should, yeah, should not have been yeah. caught off guard. Oh, man. I also like that Han said he was classically educated. Did you guys catch that? <laughs> I liked that part, too. Another homeschooling. I know, because I knew that. I knew, I knew this, whole, this whole thing of, 
me being Hans and I, mm. I did appreciate that part. He says one thing about Alexander the Great and he's like, yeah. one of the advantages of being classical classical educated. education. I was like, oh, that sounds like somebody who is classically educated. <laughs> Try to mention that as many times as possible. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. This movie is pretty uh, fun. Are you ready to rate? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. My older son wanted to nominate Chair Bombs. Yeah. Yeah, I, told I like him, that. That's a good but one. But I, to contradict him... <laughs> I want to nominate Yippie Kaye's. Yippie yeah, I mean, mm, classic line. Yeah, that's a very, yeah. Bingo, Yippie It was, uh, I think classic. it was like some list I saw. It was like one of the top 100 movie lines of all yeah, time. That's it's gotta, gotta be. be, yeah. Yeah, that's a great one. And it does, my favorite fantasy football team name, I was Yippie Kaye Justin Tucker. Justin <laughs> Tucker. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, man, I don't know what to rate this. Well, it's so hard because there's so many different. I mean, in, in some ways, I kind of feel like you're biased. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, if Hans won at the end, is, would this be a fun? Yeah, I was gonna say this is really a tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why everybody thinks it's, it's a cautionary tale. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I don't know. I think I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'll give it a four point two five. I want to give it a four, but I feel like. A yippie Kai. Yeah, yeah, yippie. Yip. Yeah, yip, yip. Uh, yip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, four yippie Kai is and a yip. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, this wasn't a movie that I grew up with. So it's not like, it's not like I've watched this movie a million times and, and I don't watch it like all it the time. It was or was not? It wasn't. <clears throat> I it probably saw it. I don't not know. Not in the classical. Yeah, education. yeah. Well, you know, whenever you're <laughs> you being classically educated, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I probably saw it for the first time. I mean, it was probably after college. I think. So I don't know. Maybe like six years ago or something. So it's not like I don't have a ton of nostalgia for it. Um, but I do. It's a great, great Christmas movie. I do have a PowerPoint uh, presentation out there <laughs> somewhere floating around that proves that Die Hard is the best Christmas movie, actually. Hmm. Thank that's you for waiting until now to that reference exists. that. Yeah. That's an early Christmas gift to, yeah. to all of us. <laughs> yeah, to everybody. You're welcome. <laughs> Check your inbox. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas day. Yeah. It'll be there. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah, so I, don't know. I like it as a Christmas movie. It is super fun. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it's like upper, upper movie for me, but yeah, I, I pretty much always watch Die Hard. It's fun. Uh, for me, it's a, it's a five yippee cayes. Um, just, <laughs> I, it's another one of those movies. I, I feel like I've always watched it. Um, I have memories watching it with my cousins and my uncles at Christmas time. And, um, I've probably watched it almost every year of my life um, mm. since I was like, you know, five or six or something. I was like five when this came out. Um, and, you know, there's, we've had fun. I mean, there's, there's plenty to pick apart, but I think for being like um, kind of like an early, uh, just kind of an early pioneer in, in some of the directions that action has taken and some of the, just the shifts in film, um, I can live with the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the holes, the plot holes, and things, and the um, the things that we can kind of tease. But 
Um, yeah, it's well done. Uh, also, my family was a was a big moonlighting family, so mm-hmm. we were. Uh, that was a show we watched together, and um, so Bruce Willis, he's also one of the first actors. Uh, we also like Cheers. So him and mm. Woody Harrelson, it's almost like anything they make. I'm just going to be like predisposed to like yeah, yeah, just yeah. liking. Um, and they both have that same kind of thing where they're funny, they're, they're manly, they're rugged. Like they, mm-hmm. they kind of walk both those lines. So I don't think I agree with every syllable <laughs> that came out of your mouth. <laughs> Fun fact. The director McTiernan wanted it to be Yippee Haye. Yippee Haye. And Bruce Willis wanted to be Yippee Kaye, and they fought about it, <laughs> and neither one of them would back down. So they recorded it both ways, mm-hmm. and they kind of put it out to like which sounded better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yippee Kaye won, which wow. is clearly objectively clearly, yeah. Yeah, way better. Yeah. I almost think I wouldn't even like it's, land. It's not even it was yeah. Yeah. yeah, not yet, yeah. Um, yeah, I co sign everything you just said. It's got flaws. I acknowledge that, but it is. Uh, Influential for a reason. It stands apart from similar movies. I think it's the best of its category and it has staying power. And so I reward it for all of those things. And so it's a full fledged Yippie Kaye. Nice. Five Yippie Kaye. Five Yippie Yippie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we can, yeah. I was trying to think of something derogatory to direct to Ian that was not cursing. And I just, my brain just shorted out. So I'm just dead air. It's a good thing. This is a family podcast. That's right. Uh, Yeah. Recommendations. Recommendations. Uh, I didn't really know what to do with these. So I have two (laughs) movies. They're pretty different movies. Uh, Well, one of them, I guess is kind of a series uh, I didn't, I, for like the action-y kind of what we've been talking about, I didn't really know. There's, a, there's definitely other ones that are more, that are closer to the time. Um, but I don't know why this is just the first thing that I thought of, uh, the Bourne series. Okay. Just, they're just, I, it's kind of the same thing where it's just like him running around, Beating up bad guys. Die hard with no memory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Beating up a lot of Europeans. Exactly. If Memento and Die Hard yeah. 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 had yeah. a baby. Had a baby, yeah. That, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. If you like amnesia. <laughs> and if you, you like, like Die Hard. But you wish you remembered less. Yeah. Do I have the movie for you? Um, and then this one just came to me while we were talking through it. Uh, marriage story. You guys <laughs> remember that? <laughs> I was thinking about like the nuanced, uh, not as nuanced and yeah. Marriage story is a very like much more modern take on the, <laughs> die hard. Yeah, I think it was just directly influenced. Honestly, I, I don't even know why they might as well just credit it in, in the movie. <laughs> Um, no, but like, okay, so hear me out. I, I was just thinking this, so I'm not sure if it plays, but I, I think it does. So in the eighties, it was a different time. And this was, you know, the picture of like how you work things out. Skip to, you know, late, uh, 20 teens. 
you get a very different picture of trying to work things out. You get a different picture of masculinity. You get a different picture of femininity. Um, it's it, just go watch the movie and you'll see what I'm talking about. Compare and contrast Die Hard and Marriage Story. I just don't know what to say. <laughs> My wheels are spinning. I I want to say something. I think anyone who likes Die Hard and then listens to that recommendation is going to be really mad at Ian. It's a lot to think about. I know. I I love that movie. Don't get me wrong. There's some blood in Marriage Story. There's some blood. (laughs) It's like on one hand, you have a guy mowing down like a dozen armed terrorists and the other one, he punches a wall. Yeah, it's a a different time. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) There you go. It's a lot to think about. I know. It is. It really is. Um... I'm just going to go with an easy one. Uh, I didn't know that McTiernan, I guess you say, directed Predator. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen Predator, you should see Predator. Yeah. I actually um, haven't. I haven't seen that. The original one? Oh, wow. I don't think so. Yeah, I've seen the original Alien now, but I haven't seen Predator. Yeah. <clears throat> Another one of just favorites from my childhood. Um, but if I don't know how far apart they were, but... It's interesting. I think it would be interesting to watch them as kind of like a transition period um, in action. Mm. Yeah. Going yeah. from the Arnold. I think everyone in that movie has muscles. Mm. Like, just <laughs> 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 there's a guy literally named Jesse the Body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Former, was he the governor of Minnesota? Yeah, he was. Dang, wow. <laughs> Two governors in that movie. Wow. That's right. right. There Two you go. governors. Two so governors. really, you're just watching some piece of U.S. history. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. <laughs> Yes, political history. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, just the bad guy is just purely bad. It's just, a, you know, a, so a literal alien Homicidal force. alien. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah um, literal alien just completely force. foreign, just a killing machine. Um, and it's just humanity versus this monster. I should watch that. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I, I'll confess to not having really thought about it. Yeah. I, it's Die Hard just spawn. It's so, yeah. basically any action movie, like I, just the ones we mentioned, like Speed or, you know, Under Siege, like Marriage Story. Yeah, yeah. Marriage Story. <laughs> All of the, just the easy ones that you think of. <laughs> I was, I'm a little mad because I was going to, I actually thought of that, I was going to say as a joke, and, but Ian's actually defending it. Um <laughs> I think the one that organically bubbled up that tickles me the most is The Incredibles. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I'm just going to go with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Actually pretty good. I don't think people need help on a recommendation for Die Hard. Because yeah. yeah. Incredibles is Die Hard for the whole family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. I feel like if you like Die Hard, it's like, you know what other movies exactly. you're going to watch. There's, yeah. They've been around almost for every many decades movie now. Every has been yeah. influenced by Die Hard. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 All right. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yes. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> now we have a machine. <laughs> oh, <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess right. we'll see you next year. Yeah. Sounds good. Cool. You're flipping through the channels late at night. Looking for a movie. Yeah, you're doing it right. Called up Tim. I called up Ian. I wanted to know.
which movie are we seeing? Cause some make you laugh, and some make you cry I wanna know, are your thoughts like mine? Love of the frame.